Amazing. Please welcome two wonderful women who are so highly talented. It's uh, incredible. They're at the top of the game. Abby Morgan and Nicola Walker. Hi, very nice to be here. Um, I think you're going to ask me questions. I am. I'm going to start because it's um, it's a real it's very lovely to be here today, and it's a real treat for me to ask the sort of questions you you, you don't ask when you're in the audition, um, and you know once you've uh, if, if you get the job, uh, they're not the sort of questions you ask once you've got the job. And I I, I would can you imagine me asking this in an audition? Hi, Abby. So, um, but I would like to know how you got started because it seems to me that you you know I imagine that you've always been in the position you're in, but how did you actually get started in the industry? Um, well, I think you and I came out around the same time, wasn't yeah. it? Sort of early 90s. And uh, I, I mean, it's, um, both my parents were in the theatre and my dad ran a theatre for several years. So it was very much in, in my background. I don't know if say to you or to everyone else, it's quite strange. Um, anyway, and so um, it was very, you know, I grew up watching a lot of plays and, um, <coughs> And uh, it was kind of like, I always say, you know, if your dad's a plumber, you know how to unblock a sink. And I think it's not dissimilar if you're right, you know, if you're right and you come from that world, it's a very natural evolution into it. Um, but I, so I went and did an English and drama degree. I really, really hated school um, and did an English drama degree. And when I came out, I think it was that early 90 period where you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And so I did a year on a screenwriter, uh, 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 theatre writing course called Creative Theatre at um, Central School of Speech and Drama and it was very it was a very flawed course but one of the things I remember most clearly out of it was I was writing stage plays but in the middle of it um, I Jeremy Brock who was at the time I think he'd come up with Casualty and event and then you know the spin-off of Holby City and he came in to do a one day workshop with us about treatment writing for television and we all had to go off and write a one page outline for a TV show and I had never thought of television ever um, and I came up with an idea called On The Pull, I remember that and it was a dating site for ex-cons, run by ex-cons never seen on your screens I may add uh, but I remember him reading it, and I remember him saying, I think you should think about writing for television. And I think very early on in your career, in your 20s, it's when you are desperate for jam. Because I think no one tells you how hard it is. You're normally broke. You're trying to find the time to write. Um, and you're often thinking, am I crazy? And you're watching everyone else around you have careers. Uh, and, and it's just amazing when somebody who, of some kind of influence, but more than that, that you creatively believe in, believes in you. And so... That was really my starting point. And so from that, I had two kind of parallel careers running. I was writing for theatre, and I made a relationship with theatre. Um, and then out of, out of a, 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 a play that I'd written, I entered every competition in town. Um, it got read by a woman called Lucy Davis, who at the time was working for Sam Mendes at the Donmar. And she said, we won't do it at the Donmar, but they are running this two, two weekends on a carton screenwriting TV course. And it was basically a weekend in October and a weekend in January. And out of that, in between, you write a screenplay. And so I wrote my first, first screenplay. And that got me my first commission. I eventually gave up my day job on that commission, which was 500 quid, um, for a series that never got, again, got made. There's lots of stories like that. Um, 
but I gave up my day job, which was I, I was working as a caretaker and waitressing for about six years. So I was in my late 20s, mid-late 20s. And then from that, I got my first sort of screenwriting, really. But I remember at the time really clearly that hearing about this, this actress, Nicola Walker. And I had various mutual friends. And I'd seen, I think originally you did a lot of theatre, didn't you? So how did you, tell me a little bit about how you started. Uh, yeah, I think we were we were in the same territory, as you say, as you say. I started. I didn't go to drama school, and I went to the. Uh, I got some a lot of work at the Royal Court to begin with, which was all new writing, all new plays, and um, and I was slightly lured into a um, a sense of false security in in that the writers um, were always in the room. The thing about you know it was always small productions upstairs at the court where the the you know, their whole drive then and now was the, the writer, all built around the new writer. And um, and, and they were um, very available to you throughout um, the rehearsal process. Um, so I did quite a few few years working in places like that. And and then when I started to get telly jobs, I was saying to Abby earlier, the, the, the biggest surprise was that the writer was absent. Um, you know, I didn't have big parts, so you'd just go into something for an episode or a few episodes but I was really shocked that I no longer had this access um, to the writer, and it took quite a while. It, it takes for the writer to be have a credit, like a producing credit or an exec credit, to them to feel that you have um, equal access in the way that you do in theatre. So that was I found that really um, difficult. I really felt the loss of that that it was um, it was it was absent in in the TV process c compared. Yeah, and I th yeah, I think yeah, you're right. I mean, that was also for me having worked, you know, it's such a great um, way to get into writing, being a theatre writer, because it's about the authored voice, and nobody in theatre says you can't have that line. Mm. Uh, and if they say what's it about, and you know, Harold Pinter would say I don't know, mm. um, they say fine, that's okay. Whereas in TV, you have to justify it, and they'll often say it doesn't work, get rid of it, cut it. That's interesting with the, with the actors. You see actors in, in, a, in a rehearsal room for a play will say, I have a problem with this line or this section, and the, um, uh, the director and the writer will, t will talk you through where that was coming from. And often the sections that you have real problems with end up being really interesting. And then I've seen actors on telly jobs go, I can't say this line. This line's just not possible. And you see it being cut. And you think, wow, there's just no mm. accommodation of the fact that sometimes things that you find difficult personally to... Uh, you know that there might be something interesting in there. There's something. There's something about your. You know, it says it's, t it's telling about you as a person, but not as the character. So, mm. it, um, and there's there's a bit more time to look at that um, in yeah. in theatre than on telly. I've seen I've seen good things go. Ne nev never of yours, but on other TV jobs, I've seen good things and good moments go because an actor said, "I can't. I wouldn't say that." You think, yeah, you would, because that's what the writers. <laughs> that's what the writers written. So. Well, you know, actually, it's kind of interesting because I think what you do is you learn how to fight your battles, yeah. you know, and you, you learn which battles are worth fighting, which... And, I, I, you know, I always remember when I... I remember when I um, first started writing stage plays, I would take out plays and I'd look at a Chekhov and I'd think, God, this is amazing. And then... Or look at Tennessee Williams. And I remember looking at the glass menagerie and saying, God, this play's amazing. And someone said, oh, yeah, you know, he rewrote that 10 years later uh, when it went to Broadway. And I was reminded what you see on the page often when you read scripts are you know, you didn't see those early drafts. And I think it's you've, it's really important. You didn't see that first draft. And sometimes I would look at work and think, God, is it so lean and it's so stripped back. And when I discovered that in, in screenwriting was because it's the shooting draft. And um, 
and it's a, it's gone through a period of distillation. So I, when I then moved into writing television and writing my own thing, I remember very clearly a director saying, you've got six images on the page, I can only shoot two, which ones do you want? And I have learnt where to put the image and where to, which image I really need, and I will sacrifice the other images. Because TV is a very difficult place to have themes um, in the way that theatre has, because it's, it's, it's so plot-driven, and so you're constantly looking for a very clear narrative theme, and so image is obviously a way to do that, but, uh, uh, but again, it's about learning that kind of craft and technique, which is something I think as a writer you really evolve into, but to start in theatre is so great, because you really your voice is really respected and you can run wild for a while before it's clipped and edited. You, I, I remember you saying um, about that television eats plot, which I thought was a really um, a good way of... It is, it's a very greedy medium, isn't it? That it demands... Yeah. I can't work out if it's getting greedier, actually, because we're in this incredible... Gold, I mean, uh, you know, more than golden age, golden rush. It's gold rush, you know, it really is. And so people are going crazy and, you know, people are going in and going, you know, I've got an idea about a man who runs a pet shop and he, he falls in love with his rabbit and they go, amazing, 10 parts, Netflix, great. Mm. Here's the money. And it is a little bit like, you know, there is a danger with that, that, um, that it's sort of, you know, people are so frenziedly looking for the new idea. But what's also coming out of that is that I think the form's changing and there's very different different ways of telling story and it's just an incredibly exciting time to be there. Mm. Um, and certainly the power of writers is that they're front and centre in television. So, you know, interesting what you said about writers, you meeting more, you know, the, the further along in your career, you do get much more interaction with the writer because the writer's the exec producer and it's, you know, it's not like I sit with a fat cigar on set, you know, but I definitely... Um, you know, you do have more input, but most of the time you don't. The flip side of being that busy is you don't, you can't always go on set every day because you're also writing such a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so There's also something about some. Um, uh, I, I know you went when you would come on set um, for River or the the split. There, it, there is for, for the actor, your heart beat, your heart rate goes up, and you suddenly you're really self-conscious because here's the person who actually. Uh, you know, for the actor, you think, here's the person who actually knows about my character, who actually <laughs> knows what they look like and how they sound and what they feel. And, and so you, there's this terrible moment of a a appalling self-consciousness and, and, and fear. Um, and I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm going to really enjoy this power now. I'm going to really use that way more. But it is, it is, and you do. You do I mean, all yeah. it, you do, you do ten, do tense up. I know in rehearsal rooms when you know when Carol Churchill's sitting in on a sofa and you're doing her play, you, it's this, you do think, oh, you know, they know more. You know, they. Oh. I get that in theatre. I really get that in theatre because I think that's what's interesting is you you move between mediums. I mean, you've worked in theatre and you've done film and you've done television. It's so different. I am used to working with everything from you know, Hollywood stars who sit there and go, I won't say that, I'll say that, I'm not saying that, get rid of that. And you just go, okay. <laughs> um, uh, you know, through to those, you know, very modest actors who've got amazing careers in, in TV or have come from theatre who, who, who are used to respecting the line. Um, and so it, it's, kind of you, it's kind of fascinating, actually, to where you put yourself in terms of that. So I never, ever think I have that power. I mm. genuinely don't. Yeah, do. But what I do feel I have, but now I have, do know that, <laughs> I'm going to make your life hell. No, um, no. <laughs> but I, but I, what I do feel is that you know casting is key, and you are so grateful for an actor because when you know that an actor's great is when you can start to take away lines. Um, 
and just start going, okay, they don't. I don't need to say that. I don't need to say that. I don't need to say that. In fact, one of my brother. I saw my brother the other day, and I and he said, oh, I saw the split. And I said, oh, what do you think? He said, I really liked it. He said, people weren't talking as much. It was much better. <laughs> and I realized that that's what I, you know, I need to kind of get back to that stage where I start to take away more and more lines. And I, I you know, for me, it's totally about the actor who can carry that. So, yeah, I don't feel that at all. Is that that, that process, once you hit that casting um, process, in the audition, you, uh, you, you, you very kindly left my audition, which was good because... I had sort of dry, dry mouthed, and you, you talked a bit about the show, and then you said, right, I'm going to go and let you have the audition, which was very, very kind of you. Um, <coughs> but that... But what... I'm fascinated by that, that you know, that you, you create these, this world and these mm -hmm. people. And then how does, how does it begin? Do you, do you sit with the rest of the, uh, the team and, t and talk about... Um, have you already got quite a strong idea about how you're going to cast it? Or I'm, I've never really underst understood how that mm. stage of it works. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely... I, I often get actors in my head, even if they might be the wrong age or they might be the... I, I look for a quality in an actor often. And so even if we don't end up using them, mm. I'll often use them as a mental steer in my head. I mean, I love it when... You know, what was great about the split was there were actors that I have known and loved and very much written for, so Nicola. And, you know, the genesis for, for me primarily about getting Nicola on the show was that um, not everyone, I'm sure, have seen, has seen it, but River was the show I wrote, which is about a relationship between a cop and his buddy. And you realize very quickly that the buddy is no longer alive and the buddy was played by Nicola. So effectively, Nicola plays a ghost. And I remember coming on set in in Dalston one day, freezing cold, very late at night, and me going, how's it going, Nicola? And I'm used to actors going, amazing, oh God, I can't tell you, I'm so grateful, I love it. And she went, it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Well, actually, it's a bit lonely. <laughs> and it was really lonely because, of course, she's ignored the whole time. The only person who ever acknowledges her is the central character played by Stellan Skarsgård. And so it was very much in my mind to write a part where, you know, living, breathing, seen woman but also you when you write a ghost you realize you're not utilizing someone's talents and I, so had, I had a day of makeup with Stellan where uh, there's a scene at the end of River where they they have this beautiful um you know they have the beautiful dance but before that they've had the meal this meal together and um and I was sat in makeup being done up for it and uh and they put lipstick on me and, and I said oh, I, I don't think that my character would wear lip and, and they were saying yeah but you know she's going out for dinner with him and and uh, and I said, yeah, but she's not that sort of woman. I don't think she'd think, oh, I'm going to get really done up for it. It's not. And Stellan leant back. He was being done further up at the next st next stage, makeup station. He leant back and he went, but it's not you. It's me. And in my imagination, you really looked mm, really beautiful. It. And you put on and you put on lipstick for me. And I burst into <laughs> I burst into tears in the makeup chair. And because you, I, I think in that moment you realise, oh, oh, I am, I am. You know, you're a manifestation mm. of someone else's love. You know, there, mm. but that that it that that was why that job was, um, in the best possible ways, really difficult because mm. you're not in control of how you're perceived. I, it, it was how this man who really loved her, how he perceived her. So it, what it was really, yeah, I've never played a part like it. I've done, you know, I went. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if that's the diff. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I do think I was at the theatre the other day and I bumped into Leslie Manville and Ben Whishaw in different parts of this. And I had, to me, they're all in one show. 
And I was chatting with them, and I realized they'd never, ever been in the same show together. They were two different characters from two different worlds. Yeah. But in your head, you're often carrying. I, d I think that's the amazing thing about doing series writing, and that's when it's great when it keeps going, because there's so much story that you want to keep writing, because the characters are so alive. And it's the great, it's the weird privilege, actually, of television. I mean, what I love about theatre is it's there, and it's great, and it's there, but it's normally only lasts a few weeks, months. Yeah. You know, television, particularly in the, the nature of streaming now, which is you see things are put away in the library. It's like a great library book. People take it out again and look at it, and they can actively look at it. They don't, um, you know, so it's it's very interesting. What, you know, you often feel like you've got a graveyard of characters and actors that you've left in the... Because they've really inhabited, and, you know, I always refer to the script as... I say two things. I, s I always think, I never know if I'm the creator, you know, I'm the mother or the surrogate but I know that I'm not the adoptive parent. Um, and I also think that the script is just the muse. You don't own it because the key thing is when you start to get paid for it is that you're someone's buying that script. They're not buying you. <laughs> and so th in a way, that's a really good thing to remember because you're all, you, you've, got to, you've got to do the best for the script the whole time. And so in a way that's why it's also so key that you have great actors and certainly with plays you'd get that because you, when you start to, your actors are your, are the people who test out that experiment. The actors are the channelers, and they start to show you what does and doesn't work. But ultimately, so if, if you do need to cut a line, then you should cut a line because it's about the script. It's not about you. It's not about ownership. You don't own it. It's just it's keeping the air in the room. It's keeping the cake rising, I think. That's a load of platitudes, but somewhere in the middle there's some sense. Do you find it very different working between... TV and film or TV and theatre, have you got a medium that you prefer? Or um, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy going between TV and theatre. I've only done um, like, w like two films, only one really, and I, I was rubbish. Uh, rubbish? Why awful, do you think it's awful. different? Totally different. Totally, totally. Not, not the acting, and not, uh, the, the only thing that's that I found difficult was the, uh, um, the ink, you know, there's more, there's more, obviously there's more money, and which means there's more time, and so you're in your caravan for a lot longer before you step on set, mm. and then you take, uh, you've got a lot more time to shoot the scene. So something in telly that you would, mm. you know, we got we got 45 minutes before we break for lunch. Let's get this this four, these four pages done. The amount of time on a film set, I c I couldn't, I couldn't adjust to it. I could, mm. uh, and I found that it gave me too much time to think and too much time to panic. And then and you watch the really good film actors who just sort of pace themselves and they're ready. They're ready at the right time. And I realized that I was on a TV clock that asks you to be ready sort of from the moment they, they chuck you out of makeup, y you're, you're, you're ready to go. Um, so uh, so, I, so I, I was completely off. Do you get more time on scenes then? To play uh, on scenes? On fi fi film? Yeah. Uh, we seem to be endless, L so much, yeah. so much time. Where I think, God, we would have shot. Uh, I, I did the t when I did the film. I was doing. I'd been doing spooks, and I thought we'd have shot fifteen pages. Uh, yeah. You know, it, today, and we're taking a week on some. You know, on on one one section of this film, and I, I just couldn't maintain. Uh, that, that 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 sort of being on. You're, you're meant to be simmering, you know, and then ready to step in. When, when it's time to go, I, I was all over the shop. I, it's it's so a real skill yeah. I, don't, I don't possess. Yeah, because I think one of the things I always feel like when TV is projected on a screen this size is it exposes it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's literally money per frame. You know, we don't have the... Well, 
we didn't used to have the money per frame. I'm noticing more and more, you know, you look at the beauty of something like Handmaid's Tale or um, certainly, you know, American Gods or some of those bigger shows. You know, there's huge, huge money on those shows now. But, in, you know, inherently it's time and money on the frame and we don't get that. So I don't even know how many pages we were shooting per day on I think on we're doing about, split. about six, six and a half, six, yeah. maybe. Seven, okay, yeah. maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that sounds probably about. Yeah, that's about right because you think. Yeah. Si yeah, six, more like six. Yeah, so we had eleven. How many days? Eleven. Th no, we had thirteen, fourteen days on the first episodes, and then it went down a bit, didn't it? Towards twelve, towards. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of night shoots. That was the one because seeing Lon uh, London at night um, to quite a lot of, which is unusual for. Mm. for that's why you, d you don't normally sit because it's expensive. I think because it's expensive. So in this room, are there are a lot of. <coughs> how can I just get a rough sense of how many writers are in the room? And then the rest are producers, directors, actors, all of it, Co costume, stalking fans of Nicola. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Had a feeling about you. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So, so I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I'm really glad that I've moved between all those mediums. I think, I mean, I think what's harder now, I'm, you know, when I was growing up, there were still those theatre commissions, so it was a great way to get your work shown. I, I think things like this are so vital and important because it's, it's, hard, it's getting harder in some ways to get that first gig or that first commission or... So, but for me, it was very much starting out and doing those, you know, those first competitions or those first. But I don't think anybody necessarily taught me how to write screen. I don't know if you, anyone taught you how to act for th for television. Did you do that within your course? Did I you didn't go. I didn't go to drama school, so no. So and I, they don't. I mean, as far as I know, they don't. They, 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 they so how did you? How did you learn it? How did you? you get doing it badly on camera. <laughs> Like do it being bad in things, watching things and going, oh, that, that's bad. You know, little parts and things. I, oh, this is something I did where I was meant to be drunk. I still cringe, and it's all out there. You know, so you can still find everything on YouTube, and you think, oh, that's really bad. But yeah. I definitely learnt while someone was madly paying me. Because when I started, I used to, I would just get out other people's screenplays and read them and pinch. I mean, not literally their ideas, but I think, oh, God, you know, Anthony Mangella says that really well, or Jimmy McGovern is, I love the way he sets out his script. And I still do that now when I'm feeling desperate or particularly jealous of another writer. I'll look at their work and go, how, do they, how are they so brilliant? And I, what I, you know, Arnold Wesker, the, um, is it Arnold? No, I mean, do I mean Arnold Wesker? No, I don't mean, I mean, um, yeah, I do know, I do mean Arnold Wesker. Anyway, the playwright always said, um, that the writer is director in their stage directions. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. And so I, one of the things I enjoy most about screenplays are the stage directions because, and I think they're often, you know, in traditionally in film, people just read down the middle page. They just read down the dialogue. And actually, for me, all the storytelling is often in, in the screenplay writing. But, you know, I'm, and so I remember reading, you know, there, is, there are four or five screenwriters now that I absolutely still go back to. Um, you know, like, um, Paul Schrader and um, Peter Strawn, um, Jimmy McGovern, you know, um, Sarah Phelps, you know, Maura Buffini. You know, there's some really, and I constantly, I'm trying to mix it up the whole time because I'm really curious about how you convey your message to, um, on the journey of a screenplay. So, because I think what people forget is that, you know, when you write a screenplay, it's the reading document. You're writing it so that a producer goes, I'm going to commission this, or 
And then they'll come on and go, I think we need to do this and this because I hear that the BBC want this and this and this. So then, you're, then you do that and you're, you're giving that to the commissioner. And the commissioner is great, but it's got to go up to the top boss. I think, you know, get rid of him, get rid of... So then you're doing that. And along the way, the, it's this evolution. And every pass, it's to basically impress and hook someone along the way to get the money to make the film. And by the end, what you've got is the distillation of... And so that's why I really think screenwriting is one of the most collaborative mediums <laughs> because it demands that. It demands that you keep rewriting. And, and one of the things that was... I think helped as well in theatre was that I used to write very, very quickly. Um, and that's meant, and I'd often be asked to rewrite because we didn't have a set or something, and, you know, an actor had dropped out. Or and what was useful was that it was, I, I could never get precious about the stuff. And normally the stuff I don't lo like about my work is because someone hasn't told me to cut it. And I've been allowed to do it, and I should have cut it. And so it's the biggest thing I, I look for now is for someone to tell me to cut stuff. Um, and it's the biggest thing for any writers to know to how to get rid of work and start again because the, the, the screenplay that you start with is probably not the one you're going to end up with, but somewhere in the middle will be the essence of it. So it's, it's one of the sort of key things. But I think it's very hard as an actor. I always wonder how, what's that transition like for you from when you've performed in something and then you get to see your work. Do you ever think... Oh, you know, for example, we've cut, you know, as the series goes on in the split, we've essentially had to cut things because it was too long or a story beat wasn't working or your performance was particularly bad on that day. No, <laughs> um, you know, but d what do you f how do you find that transition? Does it always feel for the greater good or, have you for or do you think you've missed a scene or do you forget you've even w had that scene? It's been, it's been really interesting with the split because I, I, loved, I loved it so much. It was such a... Um, extremely fulfilling uh, work experience um, and I knew that um, uh, Jess the director had said look some of it is we're gonna some of it's gonna be nipped because of time it's because of you know and um <coughs> and she t she told me a couple of things that had gone and I was I felt I was really um, I, felt I was really upset because the couple of beautiful scenes and I couldn't you know, I couldn't imagine. And then I watched it in the edit, and I didn't miss it at all. And it's what everyone was saying. They're saying you won't miss it when you watch it. It's, you know, you're never going to look at that episode and think, oh, if only that that scene. In it, because what is more, what takes over is telling that telling that story. Um, and, uh, and and no, I didn't. And I thought I would. There's a couple of there's two two scenes that are not there that I thought I really would miss, and I didn't at all. I didn't. You know, they, and it, you you're right. You know, the decisions you you made. You and, and and Jess and Lucy. That it's absolutely correct. And an actor is would not be the person to have in the room at that point, because the actor is going to be thinking about how they felt on that day and how that felt like. You really. What I've learned now is that you, you know, that's what you you know. I get to take away. I those I got to play those scenes. I don't. It's okay that they're not up there because it all feeds in to the character and to the whole it's fine you know the fact that i i, d I d you know i got to do them it's, it's yeah but, uh, but i guess i guess also the thing that's key to that is that you know i always think if i hadn't been a writer i would have been an editor because it's my favorite part i love the edit yeah. i mean i've learned a lot on this show i and i think that's also the you know the privilege <coughs> if you're going to write is you start to get more and more uh control but ability to be in the room so uh, 
and so actually the, there is a process of, of writing again that goes on in the edit. So, you know, a whole story strand you might have loved when you wrote it and it looked good on the page and everyone committed to it and actors did great work. When you actually put it up on screen, it just doesn't work. You have to take it out or it unbalances the, the, the dynamic in the group or it, it puts too much focus on one person. And, you know, and also with series writing, you are all the time trying to work out how to write, you know, and, and trying to work out what your show is. And, you know, when you look at those shows that are in their eighth, ninth series that, you know, are hugely popular, probably don't get inhabit that much press anymore, you know, it's such, a, it's such an impossibly hard thing to get that formula right. It really, and, and to get a show that people still want to keep coming back to. And I think it's the holy grail that everyone is always trying to look for. And part of that, therefore, is that the, the script will evolve, the edit becomes the process in which you truly evolve and and change that. And there are things already in the split now that if we go to a second series, we're already saying, oh, let's get, that doesn't work and that works and we'll, you know, we'll pull up that and we'll do that. And that's kind of the privilege, I guess, of, of being able to evolve work. Whereas, you know, there are still stage plays that unlike Tennessee Williams, nobody needs me to go back and <laughs> rewrite to put on Broadway. But, you know, it would be really nice to get to do that again. So that's the great joy. I remember uh, um, uh, getting very worried with... Uh, uh, quite a few years ago on a job thinking I'd really messed up a scene and this terrible guilt of thinking I, no, I single-handedly have really messed up this scene in this TV thing and, and, and saying to the director at the end of the day I'm so sorry I didn't get it I really didn't get it if you want to uh, reshoot it or uh, and he, <laughs> he said to me don't worry if you're no good in it you'll just you'll just end up on the floor you're not and, yeah. and, that and that's a fun phone call <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's the truth of it you know no one's going to let um you know, if you do put in a bad performance, that, that you won't. The, the audience aren't going to see it because it's just it's not going to be in the in the. It's not going to be in the program. Yeah. So, uh, should we open up? We're just going to open up to questions. If anybody's got any questions or anything that they would like to ask that might be useful, we can riff on it a bit. Um. Do you know, I was thinking about this the other day. It can really vary. I mean, you know, I've got. I mean, uh, do you mean specifically on television? Yeah. So, so I mean, with something like the split, I think I started talking. To. I think we probably got it, greenlit in, the June, so, and I think then we started shooting. Is this possible? February, I mean, it was quite tight, um, and uh, you know, you 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 know, if we if we this goes again, we'll start shooting in February, and there's six episodes to write now, so it can be you know, it, it, and an episode, so it, it very much varies. But I would say from start to finish, it's eighteen months, two years. I mean, having said that, there are lots of projects which are obviously the ones that you really love that are in with a commissioner that they never get, you know, that take forever to go through. So, and film, it's a lot, lot longer. You know, I've got films that either you've been on for years and they've never got made or, but on the whole, it's sort of 18 months to two years. Um, so I'm setting up a writer's room in October and we're, we'll hopefully start shooting around the summer and that's 10 episodes. So it, it really varies, but uh, I would say around about 18 months to two years. Huge number. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, apps, and, and not in terms of, I mean, 
I have we had a couple of writers on here that were terrific, um, who did an, an episode each, um, and they were brilliant in terms of story breaking. So we had a story breaking workshop for probably about four days, and then we kept on meeting every few weeks, and we would talk again. And once we'd worked through our treatment, I but the the nature of the way I work is I'm constantly changing stories, so it's 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 quite hard to that writer's room is quite hard to set up often it has to be someone who's really willing to change story with me so um so with something like that i would have you know you could you know with something like the, the next show i'm doing cleopatra that which is a much longer show i would have probably will have another four writers on that and i'll write another three on top of the one i've written already um and but with something like the second series of the split i'll write it all because in a weird way it was very organic that show and it feels quite personal and so I just really want to try and get that down. But, you know, along the way, I, you normally have a script editor. You'll have, you know, it, what was very particular about this team, and I think it's happening more and more, was that, you know, we had, we worked very early on with the director. So uh, traditionally, directors came on very late in television. That's all changing, certainly. And also, I think that's because there's a movement of film directors into TV now. Um, and so with this, Jess Hobbs, who had worked on the last block of River, came on board from after the first script, and so she was absolutely integral in the storylining and, and then the evolution of the scripts, and that's amazing because then you really can start to take stuff away because you're sharing this group language. So it's a huge, huge team around me. So script editor, and then you've got your th uh, you know, producer, two or three exec producers on top, commissioners, actors. So every there's a, a series of balance and checks along the way. But at the beginning, it tended the first script was just me and Jane Featherstone, who's the exec <coughs> producer on this show that I've worked with a lot. start writing do you start with um your characters and then build a story around a character or do you write your story and then build characters on from that it's often a really s it's 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 a, it's a fusion of um something that's preoccupying me with uh, a conceit often and and they kind of for me come around the same time so this came out of a couple of things i knew that i wanted to write about divorce and uh, modern marriage and relationships um, and then I spoke to a divorce lawyer who I met through my kids school female divorce lawyer and I thought oh this is interesting because it's a very female-led world um, and at the same time I thought I want to write about a woman who is sort of my age who and who's you know been married for a long time and has got children and what does that mean how when you think about the next 20 years of your life and so that sort of came together, and that's why. So it tends to be, for me, a fusion of several things. But, you know, with, with River, I just thought, I know I want to write a cop who you realize within the first five minutes, you know, a buddy cop move, you know, TV show, within the first five minutes, you realize that his buddy is dead. So that was really the starting point. So it can really vary, you know. It really, really varies. Um, hi, uh, um, I'm basically a university student and I finish uni in two weeks so, and um, I'm going to be moving to London to pursue a career in like directing and writing and I was just wondering for when, if you did go to London, when you like, if you did live there, where would you say would be the best places to go for like networking and stuff like that? 
God, that's really, I don't, uh, God, that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting question. I mean, well, it does in a way that, I, 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 I think it does in a way that, um, it's not network. I mean, it's networking, but it's more about, <coughs> I think, you know, the way it goes to go through your work. So it's about finding people who get hooked into what you're doing. So if you have something to show, or if, and probably maybe you've only got yourself at the moment. So I would say, a lot, you know, you, what you need to do is focus on those, those companies, those, the, those playwrights, those, those the, the, where are you think, God, I love that work, I love, that, I love their sensibility, and you need to go, I connect with you. And I think that's why I've never gone out and gone, tonight I'm going to network, and I'm going to... And I'm not, uh, that's not meant to undermine what you're saying because it's, it's kind of essential because if you think about it, my career's been built primarily on my relationships and, and specifically my first, one of my first stage plays which has got me to theatre writing was by, directed by a woman called Vicky Featherstone and her sister, Jane Featherstone, has done half my TV work. And I met them because Vicky read a play of mine and went, I really love it, come in and talk. And I riffed with her and got on with her. And then her sister used to come and see my plays and go... I do TV, do you want to come over here? So it's those kind of networks. But at the beginning, I would say, find out, you know, there's a handful of really good local theatres. So that I'd go to the Arcola, I'd go to the Red Lion, I'd go to the Royal Court, I'd go, I would just go and, and if you can afford it, and that's the thing that is the big thing, is how you afford living in London. But get yourself a great, you know, find some other way of funding that, or you may have some way, and just go and see as much stuff as you can, watch as much stuff as you can, and, and write to the film companies, TV companies, find the name of the writer, look up the name of the producer. When you send that letter, put the name of that producer on. You know, put that name of the costume woman on, whoever it is, but get as specific as you can, but do it from a point of truth, which is you connected with that work or you connected with that film work or that, you know, and, 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 and be bold. Say, I absolutely love your work. Is there any work? Come, would you meet me for a cup of tea? You know, I was so desperate. I mean, I remember because I was just broke that when Vicky said, <laughs> yeah. um, can you write me a treatment, an outline for your play? Have you got a play? And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm working on it now. And I wasn't. <laughs> you know, or I went into a TV room and they said, so have you got any new ideas? And I'd go, yeah. And they'd say, because we're really looking for pieces about friends. And I went, that's really extraordinary. I've got a group about friends. <laughs> and they said, you know, work that's from uh, the, play, you know, the place that you know. And I went, that's really weird because it's set in Stoke-on-Trent, which I'm from. And so I would build in the room, and, uh, and I remember someone saying, um, you know, thrillers are really selling, and I went, and the girl gets murdered in the first five minutes, you know, and I sort of built in the room, and it came out of desperation, because I thought, How, I, can't, I can't go on living in that one room. And so actually, it's a great, great um, way of pushing you forward. I don't know, what would you say about networking? Because you're, I mean, from an actor's point of view. And no, I'd say exactly the same as you, because I, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I, when I moved to London, I, I, um, all, all, everything... I had no idea how to begin. I didn't go to drama school, um, but me and my friends were, were making quite shoddy work that we'd put on above pubs. And that, that is all existence still in London. And there are absolutely brilliant ones, uh, new, many new sort of underground little theatre companies um, that is really thriving. Uh, but I, I would always say, you know, go and attach yourself to an amazing uh, fringe theatre. Like, get get in the building, find out what workshops they have going on, find out, you know, just mus muscle in and make um, make your intentions known. Um, that that would that was definitely 
you know that was, I, you feel really welcomed by the fringe theatre community in London. Um, that I found that really surprising. I thought, how 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 do you begin? And for me, that was where I began, and 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 it was and you know that is still totally uh, existent and and probably more thriving now than when I started. Thank you. Thank um, you. I'm an actress who's hesitant to call myself a writer. I feel like a fraud because I haven't done any writing courses or anything like that. Um, how, when, when, have you ever had the experience where you've had such a strong idea of who your characters are, exactly what happens, you know, you can plot out scene by scene the action what I'm struggling with is getting it into words on paper. So in my head, I've got the whole picture, I have every single character, I know exactly what's happening, but it's, it's the, the physicality of putting words onto paper which sound real and embody this really vivid world that's in your head. Have you ever struggled with that kind of block and, and how on earth do you get over it? <laughs> um. I've, I accept I write 99% is crap. <laughs> and I mean that. I mean that. That's really important. I mean, you know, I watch my own work all the time. I mean, most my, most work, I'd say all my work is a, is, is, is a process of failure. And I mean that in the best sense, which is I go, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. That's why reviews are crippling for me. Because I go, mm, interesting. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, uh, so... so You've got to stop thinking. No, you've got to do whatever you've got to do, but don't ever think it's going to come out perfect because it's not. And and actually, but it's it's re writing's rewriting. So actually, and also, it's don't talk it out. Don't you know? I I just was talking to Nicola and I just pitched her a whole idea and she was lovely. And went, I love it and it's dangerous that because you get your jam and you go, I'm brilliant. I'm writing this amazing play. <laughs> I never write the play because it's really nice to go around going, I've got a really great play in my That's head. Really it really, but will I ever write it? There you see. But it will only be a great play if I get it down on the page. So to be honest, it's great you've got all these ideas and, and that makes sense because you're, you, you know, you're a channeler, you're an actress, you get up and work and you get it. But start just literally get it down on the page. If you want to record it, record it and get it down. You know, right? But accept it's going to be rubbish. But somewhere in the middle of that, there will be something. And you just, it's layering. You have to keep going back and you keep going back and you keep going back. So... Um, you know, someone, there's a phrase which I used to, in my head. I had two phrases from a long time, which is there's no room for doubt when you get there. No room for doubt when you get there. I now think both of those are really dangerous because, but they got me here. <laughs> because, you know, I'm spending my whole life when I get there and you've got to enjoy now. And um, there's always room for doubt. We all have doubt. It's really understandable. But I tell you what really makes a difference is when you start getting paid for it and someone's ringing you up and going, I want that script because, you know, I've paid for it. That really makes you have to get it out. Um, and so try and say to yourself, look, I want to, I want to get somewhere. So the only way I'm going to do that, nothing comes of nothing. So just get something on the page. And it may be rubbish. And what the other thing is, before I go to bed every night, if I'm writing, I jot down five things on the page, like, um, you know, going to discover that she's pregnant, you know, 
hates a funny line, you know, bigger landscape, definitely needs something outside. I'll do things just to just so that when I sit down the next day, there's it's not a completely blank page. Because the blank page, of course, is terrifying. Um, but, yeah, just, you, of course you can do it. Of course you can do it. You can do it. Just don't listen to the doubt. I mean, the doubt will always go. It's, it's, it's. I mean, you know, I'm. I, I haven't slept this week because I'm reading the. Good, you know, I'm. I, I read a great review. I'm like, I'm amazing. I read a bad review. I'm like, oh, what's the point? You know, I. So it, it's very normal that doubt. Um, but if you want to make a proper job of it, and it is a job, and it comes right back to the fact that I saw my my mum go out and do a play every day that she, you know, crap production, but she needs to bring the money in. It's a job. You want it to be your job. Sit down and write. That's really what it comes down to. Do you think there's any merit in, in the state it's in, just kind of workshopping it and, and getting an idea, or do you think that's just another avoidance of the time? No, because I think it depends. There are different ways of constructing. I mean, mm. that you know, that's a stage way of constructing. It'd be rare for a television company to come and look and go, you know, you need, yeah. you need, you know, it's better. You know, maybe I've muted myself. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably, there we go. The great gods were saying, shut that, shut up. Um, yeah, you just need to send that letter. I think whatever makes it work. I would personally get it down on the page. But it may be that you, have you ever tried writing with anyone else? I've just asked someone to, to help me with it, yes. Yeah, well um, then. then feels like a cowardly yeah. sidestep no, it's not uh, even if it's just to help get it started it's it's the starting isn't it it's from having never written before from having taken on plays and and read them and worked them and improvised and all the film television stage whatever you do it's quite quite different and i think that was the shock at how different it is mm. the technicality because it's very technical script writing isn't it there has to be certain protocols and if you're not no, you know that what? Don't worry about the protocols because that's what no. script editors for. <laughs> it's okay. really, honestly, Job just done. write, <laughs> write a page. Just do, do you know what? Tonight, go home and write one monologue of your character. There you go. I set it for you. Oh. Write a monologue, and Thank then you tomorrow very much. get up and write the next one. And don't worry about protocol. I've never thought of a protocol in my life. All I've thought is, well, that's interesting way Jimmy McGovern does that. Close on. Well, that's interesting. Oh, oh, people put things in capitals. I'll try putting something in capitals. You know, it's it's. You know, life is too short, so you can absolutely do it. You've obviously got an instinct. You come from that world, so just, but just don't worry about it being perfect. Would you? Would you say the same thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Hello. I'm good. Hi. Um, so it's quite specific, a specific question, because I loved River, um, and I thought the dancing in River is one of the greatest scenes I've seen in anything. Um, so how did that go from page to actual screen? Did you talk about that together? Um, did you just wing that with Stalin? Um, like, how did you see it, and did it actually end up what it was in the end? It did end up how you'd written it, didn't it? That was how, that's totally how you... It was totally how you... <laughs> it wasn't. It's not like we improvised that moment. I can't say. I think I, I did something like, and then they danced. Yeah. That's what I did, and I wasn't on set even. I don't think no. I was on set that day. That really came out of the relationship between you and Sterling, and I think Jess. Jess made us. Um, Jess, Jess made us um, rehearse with a. Uh, 
with a um, dance with a proper choreographer, and me and Stella. And so me and Stella are filming a week, and then we turn up on Saturday in a dance studio, <laughs> and both looking. Well, actually, I was looking grumpier than Stella, and then ironically, I was the one that loved it. It's <laughs> like really got into uh, dance rehearsal all day. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was choreo- It was sort of choreographed. Um, it was more about us two getting used to dancing with each other, actually, I realise now. So that when we came to shoot it, um, I mean, I'd have done any, anything, really, with Stellan, frankly, but it, it, it helped that we, we'd, we'd, you know, we'd busted some moves together <laughs> before we shot it. It was very carefully plotted out, but we were allowed to make lots of mistakes. And I think that, that's the point, that it's the same as you panicking about, you know, um, your writing, that... If you hold if you hold it too too tightly and want it to be perfect, that that dance sequence is a perfect example of that. You know, me and Stella are not dancers, but we knew that we we loved each other. De- you know, our characters loved each other deeply. So you, the the um, failing being fine, they're not meant to be perfect. It's not they're not meant to be great dancers. They love each other imperfectly. You know. Yeah, great. Sorry, last question. Um, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give to someone trying to break into this? Just like really quickly, for, for both of you. So break into acting, break into, um, you know, just keep on, to keep on pursuing it, really. Um, go back to your desk, right? I mean, honestly, when, when, you're, when you're feeling insecure, when you're feeling like it's never going to happen, when you feel like, you know, I don't know anyone in this world, how am I going to get in there? Go back to the work. Because I think the only thing you really have is the work, and see that as your 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 safe place. See that, and I, I when I say safe place, I mean that's therefore that's where you, you know, I think what people really feel when they read something is something that feels truthful somewhere, even amid all the artifice, even amid moments where it probably doesn't always feel truthful for everybody. Somebody will find a truth in it. So for me, it's, but for me, when I'm. I always know it's dangerous when someone says, come and have lunch in Soho, because that's my day gone. And I know, however much fun I have in the day, how to clear my mind and get me really focused and feel back in my skin is to sit and write again. So for me, it would be that. Um, I, I think it ties in with, 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 with what you were saying to the guy at the top. That um, I, d- I don't know about the pros and cons of whether or not you go to drama schools or not. I, you know, I've worked with brilliant actors who did and brilliant actors who didn't. Uh, but the main thing that, that they all share is that they have a, uh, you know, you whatever way you can, see a lot, go and watch a lot. It's the old, you know, it's the old one. Go and watch a lot of theatre. Go watch a lot of movies. Um, there's there's nothing, you know, there's nothing better than that in terms of a, a, of an education. Is is finding theatre companies that you are, you're blown away by. That's that's my first five years were spent slightly stalking various theatre companies that made me sit and weep. Um, I don't know what I don't know how, how else one would do it really. Well, there we go. Thank you very much. That was absolutely amazing. Oh, you can hear me. Right, that was absolutely amazing. It's been such a fantastic way to start our first BAFTA guru, I can't tell you. I work in television, I'm not an actor, I'm not a writer, but I've been absolutely inspired today. So I'm sure that all of you have as well. And I think it's more such a privilege and it's very rare actually that you get a chance to sit in a small room such as this one in conversation with two superstars if, well, I felt as if I was almost part of the conversation, but I didn't want to say anything because you two were so interesting. It was brilliant. So, Abby Morgan and Nicola Walker, thank you so much. <laughs>